This morning we have Thanksgiving behind us. Uh, we might have one last turkey sandwich for lunch today. I hope not, uh, but you might do that. Uh, this morning we have Thanksgiving behind us, and now we head into the most universally known, the most universally celebrated holiday on the entire planet, and that is the celebration of Christmas. This month, uh, all around our nation, all around the world, people in different ways, with different customs, with different traditions, will mark off and they will celebrate these days of Christmas. And most will miss its significance. Sadly, most will have no clue of its true meaning. Well, friends, my prayer, and this is my prayer today, it's my prayer for this entire month, my prayer is that we would remember, that we would, that you would, that I would, that we would this year know and worship and celebrate our Savior, Jesus, Emmanuel, as never before. We have that possibility this year. We have that potential this year. Friends, listen to me. That ought to be our goal this Christmas. That should be our goal this Christmas. God, help us to celebrate Jesus, Emmanuel, our Savior, this Christmas as never before. Well, to help us in that, for the next four weeks, starting today and then three more weeks, we are going to do a survey of four of the main characters of the Christmas account. That's how we're going to approach it this year. Our goal is that we would truly worship Jesus, but we're going to do a survey of four of the main characters of the Christmas account. This year, today, we're going to look at Mary. Uh, next week, we're going to look at Joseph. The next week, we're going to look at the baby Jesus. And then the fourth week, we're going to look at the shepherds. Uh, this morning, again, we're going to start off by looking at Mary. Our message today is entitled, The Joy of Mary. The Joy of Mary. Today, we're in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, today verses 26 through 38. The joy of Mary. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 26, God's Word says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason... The holy child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we rejoice in you. We rejoice in Jesus, our Savior. We rejoice in the forgiveness of sin. We rejoice in redemption, not of any work that we can do, but in the grace of God and the sacrifice of Christ. Lord, we're thankful for this time of the year when we are reminded to be thankful for you and for your character, for your nature. We're, we're reminded to be thankful for our salvation. And then, Lord, we turn and we remember our Savior, God himself, the creator himself, who takes on flesh that he might redeem us. Lord, I pray that in this coming month we would truly worship you as never before. I pray that. I pray, Lord, that we would seek you, that we would see you, that we would know you as never before. And I pray, Lord, that that bears great fruit in our lives, in our attitudes, in our homes, in our witnessing, in our church. Lord, I pray that we would marvel at the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come now and I pray that you would speak in this hour. I pray that you would speak in this service. I pray it would be your words. And I pray that it would bear fruit today. And then, Lord, I pray if there's one and maybe many that do not know you, I pray in the hearing of our gracious, kind Savior, Jesus, I pray that today they would turn to you and receive you in faith. Lord, we trust this to you. We lay it to your feet. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I'll tell you as we start this morning, studying Mary, the mother of Jesus, really is a strange thing. Uh, as we look at it, it seems history has a strange way in dealing with her. As we look at it, Mary, uh, people either put too much focus on her, and we see that. Sometimes they distort the truth, even making her an object of worship. She is not. And so we see that extreme. Or people maybe make too little of Mary, and maybe they remember her once during this time of year. Well, the reality is this. The story of Mary is a profound one. And the example of Mary is a good one. And the conclusion of Mary is a profitable one. And so today, in an attempt to see our Savior Jesus, in an attempt to understand our Savior Jesus more clearly, we're going to look at Mary. Now, I want to be sure and say this. As we study Mary, our focus is on Jesus. Don't misinterpret that. As we worship Jesus, we're going to do it in the study of Mary. All right, let's go to our verses this morning. Now, we're going to walk through our verses, and then after we walk through our verses, I'm going to show you four things, four, I believe, awesome things about Mary, the mother of Jesus. All right, starting off this morning in verse 26, here we go. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. The Bible tells us that Gabriel, the angel, is sent by God. Now that's an amazing thing by itself. God sends Gabriel. The Bible says he goes to a city in Galilee 
called Nazareth. Now, Nazareth was a town uh, that had no flowing water. It had one water well as its source. Uh, it was surrounded by pasture. It was surrounded by fields. Uh, it was not on a popular trade route. It was not on a popular highway. It was 15 miles from the Sea of Galilee. And so if you were going to fish or do something there, you were a distance from there. And it was a small town. It was about 300 people at this time. It was a poorer town. And really, as you, as you go back through history, nothing really noted ever comes out of Nazareth except this one event. And what an event that is. Nothing's really tied to Nazareth except this one event that's about to happen. Now, understand this, and I want you to think about this. A town this size, everyone would know everyone. About 300 people, a town this size, Everyone would know everyone, and therefore, everyone would know everything about everyone. Y'all know how that works here. And now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city in Galilee called Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. God sent Gabriel to a woman. The Bible says she was engaged to a descendant of King David. Now, that's an awesome thing. The man's name was Joseph. Luke tells us in chapter 3 that there were 42 generations from David down to Joseph. And so it was a long time that had passed. Now, the Bible records and tells us here the woman's name was Mary. Her name is Mary. Mary was a popular name at that time. We see that in Scripture. Uh, it was a form of the name Miriam, which was the name for Moses' sister. Uh, Bible scholars and historians estimate that Mary would have been around 14 or 15 years old at this time. Could have been in a range from 12 to 17, but most likely she was 14 or 15 years old at this time. Verse 28. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Gabriel comes in, and coming in, he said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, I want you to picture this. Gabriel comes in. It doesn't say where they're at, but wherever they're at, he comes in. And I don't, I don't know what he looks like. I can't really even imagine what he would look like. But the angel Gabriel comes in. And then he says, the first thing's out of his mouth Greetings, favored one. Addressing Mary, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, that has to be uh, one of the craziest greetings ever. Favored one, the word for favored one means blessed. It means one graced or one endowed with much grace. And so, one to, much, to whom much grace is giving. Gabriel comes in and he says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Now, the word perplexed, I think it's got to be an understatement here, but it means stirred up. We're familiar with that. Stirred up, agitated. 
So, so she wonders as he comes in, what, what kind of greeting is this? Here comes Gabriel, and, and he says these things. What in the world? What kind of greeting is this? She's bothered. She's agitated. Verse 30. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. It literally translates, fear not. Do not be fearful. You have found favor with God. And so Mary stirred up. What kind of greeting is this? And he says, do not be fearful. You have found favor with God. Now, the word for favor here, it is different. It means kindness from God. Now, listen to this. See the picture. It literally means inclined to. Most literal translation, it means leaning to, leaning into. And so what the angel says is God is leaning in to you. Now, I want you to think about that. What an awesome picture that is. You are blessed. God is with you. In fact, he is inclined. He is leaning in to you. What an awesome thing that is. What an awesome picture. There is Mary. God is with you. He is leaning into you. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Now, that verse by itself is crazy enough. Uh, it is a birth announcement delivered by an angel. Uh, that is crazy enough. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now listen, imagine her as she hears this. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Verse 34, let's go on. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Until here, this is a wild event. Really, it's an unimaginable event. It's, a, it's about to be uh, too much. It's about to be more than that. This is un, 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 really unreal here, but it's about to be too much. A 14, 15-year-old Mary, listen to verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, listen to this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Verse 36. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Gabriel leaves. Right here, for our purpose this morning, I want us to look at four things about Mary. Now we've heard that account. Uh, really, we, if we go slow and think about it, we have to marvel 
at that account. But now I want us to, this morning, look at four awesome things that we see about Mary. Now, we're going to pull them out of several sections of verses on the events of Jesus' birth recorded here in Luke's gospel. Now, there's a lot of other places we could have gone. Uh, There's some other things we could have looked at, really a lot of things. But we're going to stay right here in Luke's gospel this morning, and we're going to see four awesome things about Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Bible calls Mary favored by God. We know as we read this account that she is chosen for this special task. Uh, We know that God chose her to be part of his redemptive plan. Now, that's, that's an awesome thing. She is favored by God. She has been chosen for this task, and God has chosen her to be part of his redemptive plan. Well, there is a lot that is speculated on about Mary. Uh, But this is what we know about Mary. A lot of folks say a lot of things, but this is what we know about Mary from Scripture about the mother of Jesus. All right, the first thing is this. First thing is this. Mary was given fully to the Lord. Four awesome things. The first one is this. Mary was given fully to the Lord. After hearing the message of Gabriel, and as wild as it was, now don't miss that. That's a a wild message. We've heard that many times. We read that every Christmas. Sometimes we read it at other times, and we might become numb to that. But that is a wild announcement. That is an unbelievable announcement. Well, as unbelievable as it was, as unimaginable as it was, here's her response. In verse 38, Mary says, Behold, it means see, look at. Look at, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. Now that's a radical statement. And that is a radical choice of words. What it means, behold, see the bond slave of the Lord. It means I am all in. It means I have nothing that is held back. It means he is the Lord, he is the master. And it means I am not a disciple of his. I am not a follower of his. I'm not an admirer of his. I'm not some religious adherent of his. I am his slave. That's what it means. I am his servant. And so she hears the news. She hears the announcement as crazy as it is. And she says, I am his slave. May it be done to me according to your word. Now I want you to see this right here. God chose her, but God did not force her. There's some that come and they misinterpret this and they say it in different ways. I want you to be sure of this. God chose her, but God did not force her. She faithfully, courageously says, may it be done to me according to your word. And because of that, because she is totally given to the Lord, she will conceive and she will bear a son. And this son, this son will be the son of the most high. Think about that. This son will be the son of God. He will rule eternally. That's that's what the announcement says. His name will be Jesus. He will be in the line of David. 
and she will be the mother of the Messiah, the promised Savior of God. How? How do you do that? I want you to think about that. That news comes to you. How, how do you do that? I want you to notice right here, we, we read the account in Scripture. She, she didn't stumble around and say, well, maybe this isn't a good year. I don't know if you've heard, I'm engaged. I've got a wedding to plan. She doesn't say, well, maybe when I'm a little bit older, maybe when I, when I know some more things, I don't think I know enough. She didn't say that. She doesn't say, well, I better talk to some people. I, I need to talk to Joseph. Maybe I need to go and talk to my parents. She doesn't say, I don't, I don't understand all of this. I'm not sure of all this. When the announcement is made, I want you to notice this. She says, behold, the slave of God. May it be done to me according to your word. How do you do that? How do you do that? That brings us to the next thing this morning. First thing, Mary was fully given to the Lord. Second thing is this. Mary was fully believing the word of the Lord. Mary was fully believing the word of the Lord. Now from here, the Bible says she quickly arose and she went down in direction and she went up in elevation to Judea, to the home of her cousin Elizabeth. Uh, Luke records the greeting when Elizabeth meets Mary that Elizabeth's son, John the Baptist, leaps in his mother's womb. Well, as part of that meeting, Elizabeth says this. Now, let's go to verse 45. Verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by her Lord. Elizabeth says this of Mary, and blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Now I want you to see this. Elizabeth sees the faithfulness of Mary. She sees this response of Mary, and she knows it is because Mary has taken the word of the Lord as truth. And so the question, how does she make such an awesome response. How is she so quick to submit to the plan of God? How does Mary make this tremendous demonstration of faith? It is because she has faith that if God has said something, she so, need, so knows the character of God that she doesn't need more information. She doesn't need more time. She doesn't need anything else. She responds according to her trust in the word of God. You want to know how she makes that answer like that? You want to know how she does it without hesitation? It's because she so knew her God that she trusted his word, and when she heard his word, she responded in faith. Today, listen to me. Listen to me. We have to so know the God of his word that when we read the word of God, in the same way we are resolved, in the, in the same way we are settled, in the same way we are confident, and we have to so know our God that we trust his word, and that when we read his word, our response is also to step out in faith. Our response is to step out in obedience and say, behold, the servant, the slave of God. She believed the word of God. All right, that brings us to the third thing. 
Third thing is this. Mary was filled with joyful worship because of the Lord. Mary was filled with joyful worship because of the Lord. I've thought about this really for several years. What would it take for us to celebrate Jesus this Christmas? And I mean to worship him. I mean to exalt him. And I'm not talking about just making it through the month. I'm not talking about just going through the motions. I'm not talking about just saying all the words. I'm not talking about blandly singing all the songs. I wish I had a picture of y'all singing Joy to the World this morning. Joy to, some of y'all are just mad. Look like a football picture. Listen to me. I wonder what it would take for folks to come in and say, praise the Lord, it's Christmas. Praise the Lord, we have a Savior. Praise the Lord, we have a manual God with us. And he stepped out of, out of glory and he came down that he might save us. I wonder what it would take that we would sing and we would smile. I wonder what it would take that we would have joy that would overflow us. I wonder what it would take. Folks, let me tell you what it would take. It would take us to so see Jesus It would take us to so love Jesus, to so celebrate Jesus, our only hope, our Savior for sin, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, that our hearts got so full, and I don't mean halfway full, but I mean overflowing, that our hearts got so full that our mouths could no longer stay shut, and we rejoiced in joyful worship. Do you know... That's exactly what happened to Mary. That's exactly what happened to Mary. She is so blown away watching the promise of God unfold right before her, and that's what she's seeing. She's she's seeing all the, the words of the prophets. She's seeing all the promises fulfilled. She's seeing the promise of God unfold before her, and she's so blown away that she broke out the song. That's what she did. She was so blown away. She broke out in a song. Listen to the first verse of that song. Do you know we have it recorded? Verse 46 says this. And Mary said, my soul exalts. That means heaves up, holds up, praises. My soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. She blows out. She starts singing a song. It has, she had never heard it before. Here's what she says. My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary breaks out in joyful worship. Let me give you a warning today. Satan wants to rob that from you. Satan wants to take that from you. And I'll just tell you this morning, maybe he is succeeding. And he wants you to get so busy. And he wants you to get so worried about Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And he wants you to get so consumed with lists and lights and trees and things to do 
and places to go and things to get. He wants you to get so worked up and consumed. I've got this and I don't have that and I need one of these and I've got to take care of this and I've got this and I've got that. He wants you to get so busy in all of that that you would miss the reality of the truth that Jesus has come and that we have our Savior and that our hope endures and that peace even today prevails that Jesus is the King. Mary was filled with joyful worship. What a response. How would you not be? That brings us to the last thing, and it's the best thing. The fourth thing this morning, the best thing, Mary was given fully to the Lord. Mary was fully believing the word of the Lord. Mary was filled with worship because of the Lord. Here's the last one. Are you ready for this? Here's the last one. Mary had her Savior. Mary had her Savior. In her song, Mary sings, My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She expected God to honor his word. She expected God to honor his promise and to send a Savior. That had been the promise of her people. That had been the promise that she had heard. It had been the promise that she had been trained in. And so she expects God is going to keep his word, and God is going to send a Savior. I want you to watch this. In chapter 2, Jesus is born. In verse 7, it says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. Wow. She gave birth... To her firstborn son, God's word held true. In chapter 2, God makes the announcement to shepherds. We're going to look at that in three weeks. In chapter 2, he makes the announcement to shepherds. Listen to verse 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Here comes the angel, he announced to the shepherds, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring, to, bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. From there, the shepherds make their way to Bethlehem. Bible tells us once they get to Bethlehem, they find Mary and they find Joseph and they find the baby Jesus. Listen to verse 16 now. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Verse 17. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. Verse 17 says, they made known the statement which had been made known to them about this child. Now, what was that statement? Watch this. In verse 10 and 11, today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they make their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby. They say, this is what the Lord has said. And they announce today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. All right, verse 18. 
And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by the shepherds. All right, verse 19. Verse 19 is a great verse. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary treasured. It's a word that means cherished, deeply valued. She cherished their words, pondering them in her heart, sorting them out, thinking through them. It's really too much. She is pondering this message in her heart. I want you to try and see this. The promise made to Abraham, the need made known through Moses, the plan rolled out through Israel and his sons, the throne occupied by David, the lamb foreshadowed in the temple and its altar, the Savior foretold of by Isaiah, the Christ, the anointed Messiah of God was there and she had just swaddled him, and he was her son. His name is Jesus. It means God saves. Now listen to me. That's tremendous. But more than that, if you can imagine more than that, listen to me. Stay with me. More than that, I want you to see this. Here is Mary, who is lost without a Savior. Who is Mary, here is Mary who is helpless on her own. There's nothing she can do. Who is, here is Mary and she's ruined in her sin. Yes, this Mary, she is lost without a savior, savior. And yet her redeemer, the one that would pay her debt, her savior, the one that would forgive her, the one that would restore her and put her back in fellowship with the holy God. He had come in Jesus, the baby in her arms. And Mary had her Savior. Listen to me. Mary held her Savior. Mary, born for you this day, is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mary, lost without a Savior, held her Savior. Friends, today, do you have your Savior? Do you know your Savior today? Because I want to tell you, it's the same Savior. It's the same Savior, Jesus. He is born that day. He lives a life he never sins. He goes to the cross of Calvary, same Savior. He takes her sin, Mary's. He takes my sin. He takes your sin, same Savior. He goes to the cross of Calvary, and there he pays for it. The Lamb of God pays for sin, carrying it far away. It's settled in him. Same Savior. Take him off of that cross. Put him in a grave. He's dead. The price is paid. Same Savior. Same Jesus. And three days later, let me tell you something. That same Savior, Jesus, walks out of the grave and he stands as the victor. And the Savior of Mary has a receipt in his hands. It is paid in full. It has been received. The Savior of Mary stands, and in grace, he wants to be your Savior. Do you know your Savior today? Have you received your Savior today? It's the same Savior. Born for you this day in the city of David, there is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, we come today and we praise you. 
And I, and I come, Lord, and we just tell you, we are, we are really marveling at a God that would stoop down, come down, humble himself, take our sin, bear it to the cross, suffer for it, shed his own blood, die to pay for it. This Savior, Jesus, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We're thankful that if we put our faith in you, not of any church that we join, not of any religious statement we made, but by faith in Jesus, faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, in the grace of God, we are saved and it is finished. Lord, I pray, Lord, that that resounds in our hearts this year. That we're mindful of it every step we take this year. We have our Savior, this Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray for some that do not know him. I pray for some that, that haven't heard. I pray for some that have heard and have become numb. I pray for some that have heard and rejected. I pray, Lord, this Christmas in the hearing of the good news of a gracious, kind Savior, that they would turn, that any hindrance would be removed, and they would turn and they would trust you in faith. Lord, I pray that you've spoken today. I pray that you continue to speak. I pray that it would bear much fruit for your glory. We give you this time. I pray, Lord, for this time of invitation that you would work in it, that you would move through it, that you would speak in it. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in our response today. We trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to, I want to tell you the, the greatest thing I can imagine this Christmas season is to say, you know what, I'm like Mary. I'm all in. Behold, the bondservant of the Lord. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Jesus. Maybe today is the day you say, you know what, I trust you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I trust you as, as the Savior for my sin problem. And today I turn to you in faith. Maybe that's your response today. Maybe your response is different. Maybe you'd say, I am a believer, I am a Christian. But you know what, I've become so distracted in the things and the cares of the world that I've, I've left my total abandonment to Christ. And today I come back. And I say, here am I. Behold, see me, the slave, the servant of God. God, use me. God, be blessed and known through me. Maybe that's your response today as well. We're going we're gonna to have a time of invitation. If God is speaking to you, this is your chance to respond. If you're here and you say, well, I want to declare Jesus my Lord and Savior, you come and we'll make, we'll make that announcement. If you need more information, you come. Let's settle that. If you're here and you follow Christ but never fought in believer's baptism, you come this morning not as part of your salvation, but as a testimony to it and a testimony of the Savior that provides it, Jesus. You come, we'll set a great day. What an awesome month to be baptized to celebrate and testify to Jesus. Maybe you're here looking for a church home when you've prayed about it, believe God has led you here. You come as well and together we'll serve his name, his gospel for his glory. Maybe, maybe today your response is this. Here it is. Last of November, last of 2022, Maybe your response is to say, God, I, I want to be totally abandoned to you. I want to be totally given to you. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar today. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Uh, no, nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. This is our chance, our time to respond to the truth of God's preached word. I'm going to ask as we stand, no one would stir about or head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.